Hi, everybody. I'm Ann Louise Gittleman, and I want to welcome you to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Today, I want to share with you a podcast I did from one of my friends, Ben Greenfield. Ben is a fitness expert who was voted America's top personal trainer, and he's also the author of a New York Times bestseller called Beyond Training, Mastering Endurance, Health, and Life. Well, Ben and I recently chatted on a variety of subjects, including forbidden fats, including hemp seed oil, the importance of bitters, as well as fat-busting beverages. And all of this is so important in order to protect against autoimmunity and increase your metabolism. So I want to share this with you today and also tell you that everything I'm talking about on this particular podcast with Ben Greenfield is a focus of my new book, Radical Metabolism, which I'm hoping that all of you will find radically healthy and informative. Enjoy, enjoy. Hey, what's up? It's Ben Greenfield. A couple of nights ago, I had this lady over to my house. She is incredibly, she's like the the Yoda, she probably doesn't want me to call her the Yoda of nutrition. What am I thinking? That's horrible. She's she's like the first lady of nutrition with the knowledge of Yoda. Like she knows all these people from decades ago and has learned all these amazing nutritional practices, gallbladder cleanses, liver cleanses. Uh, we talk about coffee enemas. We talk about shoving blackstrap molasses up your booty. Uh, but more specifically, we talk about metabolism and how to elevate your metabolism using some pretty little known tactics. She is a wealth of knowledge knowledge. Her name is Anne Louise Gittleman. Your mind is going to be blown by today's episode. Now, before we jump in, you may have heard me talk about this before, but there's really only two mechanisms that have been shown to be successful in promoting longevity in organisms. One is to lower the levels of insulin and insulin growth factor. The other one is to regulate glucose metabolism and maintain healthy insulin sensitivity. I've always said this, glycemic variability and inflammation are the two most important things to control if you want to live a long time and have very good body composition and mitochondria health. Now, I have uh, created for you over at Keon a supplement that contains A, one of the best compounds naturally that I know of to lower insulin and insulin-like growth factor and improve glycemic variability, and then B, regulate liver health and inflammation simultaneously. So those two ingredients are bitter melon extract and rock lotus. Those are the only two ingredients in this stuff called Keon Lean. Keon Lean. It also activates the AMPK pathway. So this is like exercise in a bottle, and that's from the wild genotype of bitter melon that we use in that called Glycostat, which can be more powerful than the diabetic drug metformin. It's crazy stuff. I take two every night before dinner, year-round. Uh, that simple. So you get a 10% discount on this stuff. You just go to getkion.com. That's getkion.com. And the discount code you use over there is benlean10, as in benlean10. Speaking of superfoods, there's this other company called Gosha's Organics. You spell that G-O-S-H-A-S, like that, Gosha's Organics. Now, they create these really cool things. You probably haven't seen this before unless you've ordered from them, but it's almost the texture of like uh, raw honey. But what they do is they blend phytoplankton and bee products, medicinal mushrooms, adaptogenic herbs, medicinal spices, monatomic minerals, and it's like this superfood stuff that's stored in this Miron glass jar. Uh, it tastes 
amazing. And you could put a little bit of this into a cup of coffee. You could stir it into that bone broth I was talking about. I sometimes just dip in and take a spoonful of it for a pick-me-up. Uh, and it's super flavorful, but you can feel the energy just circulating through your bloodstream when you take a little spoonful of this stuff because they're really, really obsessed with quality and how they make it. They have a certificate of analysis for contamination, yeast, salmonella, antitoxins. They do third-party lab tests, really clean stuff, doesn't require pills, capsules, tablets, powders. Everything is all in one formula. It's got probiotics, prebiotics, postbiotics, very cool stuff. So uh, it's called Odd Nova, the actual uh, supplement that they make over there at goshesorganics.com. And you get 10% off of anything from them. You just use Ben10 percentage sign. That's Ben10 percentage sign, like Ben10% over at goshesorganics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. But this stuff's pretty cool to have hanging around your pantry, so I would check it out. He's an expert in human performance and nutrition. Voted America's top personal trainer and one of the globe's most influential people in health and fitness. His show provides you with everything you need to optimize physical and mental performance. He is Ben Greenfield. Power. Speed. Mobility. Balance. Whatever it is for you that's the natural movement. Get out there. When you look at all the studies done, studies that have shown the greatest efficacy all the information you need in one place, right here, right now, on the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast. Hey folks, it's Ben Greenfield, and I have sitting with me here uh, in my home in Spokane, one of the really one of the very first guests that ever appeared on this show. You know, we've been going for 11 years, twice a week, thousands of episodes now, but episode number 29. Mm, my was, number. <laughs> it was number 29 was with Ann Louise Gittleman. And Ann not only is a next door neighbor of mine uh, over in Post Falls, Idaho, but she wrote a book a long time ago that I read and it was called The Gut Flush Plan, a breakthrough cleansing program. And in that original episode that I'll link to for you in the show notes, which you can grab at bengreenfieldfitness.com slash radical, Ann and I talked about critters living in your gut and the biome and how to cleanse your gastrointestinal tract. Uh, later, uh, several years down the road, I read a fascinating book by Ann that was really one of my first exposures to the concept of uh, building biology and EMF and cell phones. And it was called Zapped, Why Your Cell Phone Shouldn't Be Your Alarm Clock, and 1,268 Other Ways to Outsmart the Hazards of Electrical Pollution. <laughs> uh, she's got plenty of other books. And if you haven't heard of Anne and uh, you're in, in the wellness sector or interested in health, then maybe you've been living under a rock uh, because... Uh, she is often called the first lady of nutrition. She's a nutritionist. Uh, she's internationally recognized as a pioneer in environmental and dietary and health issues. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She's got over 30 books on everything from menopause to beauty to diet to detox. 
Uh, she is considered to be one of the world's foremost experts in functional medicine. Uh, she holds an MS in nutrition education from Columbia. She's a certified nutrition specialist, uh, and she has a PhD in holistic nutrition. Uh, she, among other things, uh, has served as the chief nutritionist of the pediatric clinic at Bellevue Hospital. Uh, she's the former director of nutrition at the Pritikin Longevity Center. And uh, a couple of years ago, she was actually presented with a humanitarian award from the Cancer Control Society. And her list of accolades go on and on. But uh, she is at the forefront of health and wellness, particularly with regards to nutrition. And that's something that we're going to focus on today because she just wrote a book. I'm holding it now. I, I forget who sent me this book, Anne, but I looked at it and I saw the, the pink cover and the, the big bold words, radical metabolism, a powerful new plan to blast fat and reignite your energy in just 21 days. And I thought, here we go again. This is going to be some some new fad diet that's chock full of information everybody knows, like don't snack all day long and control your blood sugar. And I saw who the author was and I thought, well, I've actually read a couple of books by her, I own a couple of books by her and I do <laughs> like what she has to say. So I took a dive. I remember I was reading this actually over in Bellevue of all places uh, at, at one of my friend's houses. And I started to read it and you can see here all the pages that are folded over. Mm. See, I, I do my homework <laughs> and you blew my mind with this book. I mean, you, you really did. And, you know, and, and you've got great feedback from Mark Hyman and Isabella Wentz and Kellyanne Petrucci and, and other uh, mutual acquaintances. And so I figured, especially because you talk about things like gallbladder and things people don't know about omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, I had to get you on the show mm. to talk about this book. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on over all the way from Post Falls. It's my pleasure to be with you. Hopefully it wasn't too long of a plane flight. Not too long at all. Okay. All right. So uh, the very first thing that struck me as profound in this book and that I would imagine we're going to be spending a little bit of time on is the gallbladder. You begin very early in the book talking about the gallbladder, and not a lot of people address the gallbladder when they talk about metabolism. So why did you start with the gallbladder in this book, Radical Metabolism, and include it so heavily? Because there's so many women in this country, Ben, that are fat, 40, and fatigued. And one of the common denominators of all those women is that many of them have their gallbladders out. It's a very, very common surgery in this country. As a matter of fact, it's probably the most common abdominal surgery that we currently have. My sister has had it. She's And she's, uh, I think now she's 31. So we're getting younger and younger. Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me. And so the whole idea is that the gallbladder is not a throwaway organ. It's like the appendix, which is not a throwaway organ. And we've got to do as much as we can to keep this very vital organ because it's so important in digesting fats, because it secretes bile in a timed-release fashion. It flushes toxins, and it also revs up the thyroid. The cool thing that I found, which I stumbled upon completely by accident, was there was a connection, an unholy alliance between the gallbladder and the thyroid. And when I start seeing all the thyroid dysfunction in this country and figuring out why there's so much Hashimoto's, why there's so many problems with people losing weight, I had to look into the gallbladder and found out that there's a great deal of research from Harvard as well as from Finland that suggests that if you don't have free-flowing bile, which people do not have if they do not have a gallbladder, then you cannot convert T4 successfully into T3. Okay. And it was an aha moment. And when I spoke to all my functional medicine practitioner friends and all these big names in the field, Raphael Kelman, Mark Hyman, you know the drill, 
Many of them suggested to me that people started having hypothyroidism problems and a problem with metabolism and losing weight, sometimes weeks, but many times months and even years after having their gallbladder removed. So there's a gallbladder connection to metabolism that I had to review, I had to take a deeper dive into, and that was the reason that I really wrote Radical Metabolism. So it's because the thyroid is so intimately connected to metabolism and the gallbladder is such an influencer of, you said, T4 to T3 conversion. Yes, but who knew? Yeah. And people that get their that have sluggish bile are seven times more likely to suffer from hypothyroidism. And it can go either way. When you start having thyroid problems, you then have problems with your gallbladder. So those two organs are definitively connected. Do you want to know an interesting story and why this is near and dear to my heart? Yes. You know, over 10 years of competing in triathlon and Spartan, eating, you know, 5,000 calories a day in many cases, often in stressed out or exercising scenarios, shoving lots of food down the hatch, uh, in, including things, you know, like, like, you know, alcohol at night, caffeine in the morning, all of these things that you talk about in your book mm. can definitely affect the liver. I found myself struggling with uh, decreased thyroid activity. Mm. I worked on carbohydrate intake. I worked on controlling cortisol, you know, two things that, that can affect thyroid. You bet. But I began to test my liver enzymes. I also began to do palpation of liver and gallbladder, kind of right upper quadrant areas. And I found that there were, there were some issues, high liver enzymes, uh, liver tenderness, um, you know, fatty stool, things that indicated that, that I myself was having thyroid issues that weren't necessarily related to a lot of the things that people commonly talk about with thyroid, but could instead be liver and gallbladder. And I think a lot of people don't realize the importance of this. No, it's an aha moment. And the other concern that I would have as well are all the people that are doing paleo-style diets or keto-style diets where there's such heavy intake of fat, mm. and you've got to be able to digest that fat. And there's a real problem with people not digesting what they should or not even being able to digest essential fatty acids, people upchucking on their fish oil and so forth. So I think there's a bile deficiency, and if you still have your gallbladder, you could have slow bile, and that would still go hand in hand with a suboptimal thyroid. Before we talk about the elephant in the room, you know, what we can do about bile, uh, the first thing I want to ask you is why do you think this happens to so many people, the gallbladder and bile issues? And why does it even say, you know, we look at, at fatty uh, liver disease, and that's a growing epidemic as well. I know. Do, do you have a reason that you think that yeah, is? Yeah, lack of choline. Lack of choline. Lack of choline. You know, I find when I do nutrient testing, and I've always done nutrient testing with all my clients over the past 60 years, it feels like. It's only been about 30, 35 years. I find that one of the most efficient nutrients is choline. And if you check with the Spectre Cell people out of Houston, one of their most efficient micronutrients is choline. And choline has been found in studies, I think it was out of uh, the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, if I recall, that 500 milligrams of choline three times a day for for at least six weeks will decongest a fatty liver. Okay. And choline is a lipotropic nutrient. So it will thin the bile and help to overturn a fatty liver. So that's one of the reasons. We're not taking enough foods with natural lecithin anymore because soy has gotten such a dirty word. So the soy, the lack of lecithin, the lack of non-GMO soy lecithin, people are not having sunflower lecithin, which can thin the bile. The lack of bitters in the diet, and that's another that's issue. A that, one. Well, yeah, nobody's eating bitters because it's not part of the American diet. All these things, I think, contribute to the problem that we're having with fatty liver and congested sluggish bile. Where do you get things like choline from natural food sources? 
Believe it or not, you can get the choline from lecithin, number one, acetylcholine from lecithin, and you can also get it from eggs if you don't have an allergy to eggs. But consequently, when I did my research, one of the most allergic-producing foods that can create inflammatory responses in the bile ducts, in the liver, happens to be eggs, which is one of the primary sources of choline. They're forbidden on a lot of liver cleanse programs for that reason. Eggs Th are. They are, and the research that was done, it was way back in the 1960s, found that individuals that had severe gallbladder pain if they eliminated three particular foods from their diet, the pain almost was reduced by 99%. The first was eggs, the second was pork, the third was onions, believe it or not. No kidding. Really interesting stuff. Wow. Okay, so cola, what about walnuts? Do you like those as a source of choline? I like walnuts, but I like the eggs better if you can tolerate them, and even more so sunflower lecithin. Okay. Now, sunflower lecithin, that's something that you would buy in supplement form, that or soy lecithin, right? Yes, you would. Non-GMO, okay. of course, soy lecithin. And years ago, when I was coming up, probably before you were born, it was in the 70s, Ben, I used to work in health food stores. The one nutrient that everybody came in for, for their gallbladder issues, for their gallstones, for their heart, was lecithin. And it's become very much out of favor. And perhaps that's because so much soy is GMO these days. Yeah, soy's gotten a bad rap. I actually just got back from Tokyo last week, had a lot of soybeans. A lot of non-GMO soybeans made miso. Had tons of miso. The best, soup, healthy, fermented tofu. Uh, a lot of it was really good. But but is that a significant source of soy lecithin? Just eating soy, you know, soybeans I, I or natto or something like that. I, well, it's certainly a source, but I don't think you can get enough as you could with a little bit of lecithin thrown into your morning smoothie. Okay. Which is what I suggest for some of my people. Gotcha. That's a simple fix. Now you talked about bitters as well. Are there particular bitters that you like for really enhancing gallbladder and bile production? Uh, the one of the most they're, they're bitters in every different form. I, I like the bitters that you get in your fruits and vegetables. I like grapefruit if there's no contraindication. And one of the reasons that the grapefruit diet actually works, according to scripts, is because there's a bitter component, a phytonutrient that is very helpful for weight loss. What's so, the grapefruit diet? Oh, you never heard of the grapefruit diet? No. Years ago, oh my God, years ago, this was such a biggie. I'm almost, I, I say this because I, I remember it like it was yesterday. The grapefruit diet was very popular. I think it was in, I think it was in the seventies. So it was a little before. Okay. Yeah. Before you I were was twinkle. Born in 81, so I know, yeah. I know, but it was, and then it had a resurgence, I think in the nineties. But it was a diet whereby you had to have half a, I think it was half a pink grapefruit three or four times a day. Okay. And it was magnificently helpful for weight loss. And when my people can't lose weight and they're doing radical metabolism and taking their allotted fruit, and of course we reduce that particular amount of fruit, I always switch them to half a pink grapefruit. That's interesting because grapefruit, actually grapefruit extract, I know influences the mitochondria. I believe it It speeds up activity in the electron transport chain, which is why people tell you, be cautious with grapefruit. Because of the medication. Pharmaceutical medications because it speeds up their metabolism. It, it, exactly. But it does have that beneficial aspect in terms of weight loss as well. But if you can't tolerate grapefruit, there's always lemons. The mm -hmm. lemons thin the bile. Dandelion root is a wonderful bile thinning agent. And even coffee, the right kind of unmoldy, high antioxidant, high polyphenol organic coffee, which I talk about in the book. Lots of ways to get bitters. Angostura bitters. I mean, if you're going to go out and drink alcohol, put some Angostura bitters in your vodka, for God's Angostura sake. Angostura So it was actually, it, this may have been influenced by your book. I don't recall, but it was close to the time your book was published. I went to the bar 
And I usually have a Moscow mule, which I actually have because it's a bitter and a digestif. You have lime, ginger. Yum. Um, what else is in there? Usually I haven't put a splash of bitters. Uh, you have, uh, typically I have a gin, which burns super clean. But the, uh, the, the thing that the bartender asked me was, they said, Do you, have you ever had, they called it a Ben and Jitters. <laughs> and I switched to this drink now. If people go out to me with a bar, it's rare now that I wear a Moscow Mill, I wear a Ben and Jitters. What you do is you ask for their Angostura bitters and any kind of like good, fresh, house-made bitters they have or anything that, that's more, you know, more of like a healthy bitter. And you simply do bitters on the rocks with a splash of gin. Oh, that's so healthy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for that, and I like any of the hard liquors. Plus, it's named after me. <laughs> Very, like. totally cool, totally cool. But yes, I mean, bitters are all over the place. So you can drink on radical metabolism. You can eat on radical metabolism. You've got your bitter greens. You got the bitter fruits. You got the bitter drinks. You got the bitter herbs and spices. And ginger certainly would qualify in that regard. What about uh, the one they do in Okinawa, the bitter melon extract? It's so very high in antioxidants. It's very good to use topically. I mean, they take extracts no to be used topically for the skin. Oh, it's magnificent for the skin, and it's very high in polyphenols. Absolutely bitter, bitter melon. Now, some people sell supplements. There's one that I like. I wanted to get your opinion on because I travel with it sometimes. Because sometimes it's hard when you travel. You check into your hotel room. There's not like bitters you know, a, in a the, bunch the refrigerator. of lemons and grapefruit in the refrigerator. No, I get um, it. The uh, uh, Chris Shade stuff. My friend Chris Shade. He does the uh, uh, Quicksilver bitters. Uh, I, bitter, mean, bitters I mentioned. I mentioned him in the book. Okay, it's so one of my very favorites. So you like that one very much. So. Yeah, you just squirt it into your mouth and you hold it for you know 30, 60 seconds, a little bit before a meal. Absolutely, and we yeah. have do-it-yourself bitters. We call them metabolixers as well. Metabolic. What's a what's a do-it-yourself bitter? Uh, it has a little bit of vinegar, a little bit of um, maybe some Angostura bitters added to it, maybe some lemon, some lime. So we've got all kinds of little drinks in the book. So you can get it with the Chris Shade product, the bitters number nine. There's other brands that are, I think, that are out there, or you do it yourself. Okay, gotcha. And by the way, for those of you listening in. Um, the recipe and the book I'll, I'll put over at bengreenfieldfitness.com slash radical. So we talked a little bit just now about how we can support the gallbladder. And that's a question I was going to ask you and wound up being answered when you were talking about why people have messed up gallbladders in the first place because they're not including choline and lecithin sources and some of these bitters and digestifs. But I also wanted to ask you, is there a way, you know, aside from looking for fat in your stool and paying attention to the way that you feel as you're digesting food, is there an actual test for gallbladder function? GGT. GGT. Which most people don't test for. No, they So don't. you look at your liver enzymes and I get GGT. And that, as well as high liver enzymes, can usually be the clue. That could be the tip off there. So like AST, ALT. And now GGT, alphabet soup. GGT. Okay. Right. And if you have light colored stools, if the stools are very light, not the normal color, if you've got pain in the upper quadrants, if you've got pain on your right side, if you have dizziness, if you get up in the middle of the night, if you have problems with your hearing, all of that is part of the gallbladder meridian. And that could spell problems with the gallbladder itself. What about glutathione? That's talked a lot about. You know, that and N-acetylcysteine are probably two of the darlings of like the, the liver Lately, supplement industry. Do yes. those have an effect on the gallbladder? Not that I know of. Okay. 
but a lot of times liver issues go hand in hand with gallbladder issues. You bet. Hand in hand. And there, and you know, if you're, if you're an embittered person and if you're very resentful, you could have gallbladder problems. There is an emotional if contact. Embittered, if you're embittered, your gallbladder should work pretty well. <laughs> if you're, if you got the right kind of bitters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Actually, uh, I don't want to neglect the importance of what you just said. So if you're embittered or what? Resentful. Really? It's the emotion that's tied, according to traditional Chinese medicine, with the gallbladder. Huh. Anger traditionally is the liver, but resentment is the gallbladder. And I'm just wondering in this day and age if we have more gallbladder problems because of the upsurge of resentment for many different reasons. Interesting. So you have to really yeah. chew on that for Why a little bit. Why would somebody get resentful? Resentful because of their job, maybe the politics of what's going on, the state of nutrition, the state of the world. It's easy to be more resentful when we're living in an information age where you just are more aware of all the things you can be resentful about. Well, that's a resentful yeah. fact in and of itself. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Interesting. Okay. A couple other questions about bile. Uh, in addition to beginning to include a lot of the nutrients that we just talked about, are you a fan of any type of, of protocol? There's a lot of different liver cleanses out there, gallbladder cleanses I know, out there. I know, I did them. Talk to me about what you like in terms of like a more intensive program if someone were to have a week free or 10 days free in their life or you know something like that to be able to... I'm not in favor of those cleanses, and I know all about them okay. from way back when. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because oftentimes if there are hidden bile stones or hidden gallbladder stones, I should say, because of congested bile, they can get stuck in the gallbladder duct and can create real problems. Oh, jeez. And that's a real issue. But instead, if in fact you have gallbladder issues, if we have gallbladder stones or, 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 or dust, what do they call them, gallbladder residues that you can see when, when they come out, particularly if you're a fan of colonics or um, coffee enemas, and you see a lot of residues that you know has to do with the gallbladder, then I believe you should take some orthophosphoric acid. And there are wonderful protocols that have been out for many years with the orthophosphoric acid, which is a, an element that will also help to digest kidney stones. And I would much prefer people do that. It's a high phosphorus element, Ben. Okay. Phosphoric acid, of course, because we know for, with the name. And we've got a lot of supplements out there from fast food that you, get, you can get from Standard Process to a phosphozyme from Biotics. A lot of these are available online, and that's what I would suggest. And you look at the ingredient label specifically for orthophosphoric acid. It's orthophosphoric acid to digest some of these or break up and decongest the gallbladder stones. So what you're mm -hmm. suggesting is the use of things like choline, soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin, bitters, supplementation with this orthophosphoric acid, and then following some kind of a diet? Following radical metabolism. Okay. You got it. All right. We're going to delve into radical metabolism a little bit later on. So hold on, folks. We'll get to, to what that program actually looks like because there's... And it's not really wrong. radical at all if you think about no, it's it. it's not that crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty common sense. You so, bet. Yeah. Okay. But before we leave gallbladder, uh, because <laughs> I, ha I have an, another kind of elephant in the room I want to open up. You mentioned it first, so I'm going to mention it now. Coffee enemas. Mm. Is there, because there's a lot of, of chatter out there on the internet and in health circles about coffee enemas, is there a single correct way to do a coffee enema? I don't know. I think it really depends upon your individual system. I'm, I mean, I, I know from my experience with my clients that have had 
any type of cancer situation, that doing coffee enemas twice a week is very sufficient. Some people can do it once a week, but whatever coffee you use, let's make sure it's organic. Organic coffee. And when, when you do the coffee enema, do you, uh, do you keep it inside of you for 10 minutes, 20 minutes? 20 minutes. minutes 20, 20 minutes. minutes. It's about 20 okay. minutes. Do you lie on your right side or your left side? Left side. Okay, because that's the other thing that they see go back. That they, I, I know, and, and I've, I learned from one of the best, so I can tell you that it's the left side. You learned from the coffee enema ninja? You bet. Yeah. Who was that? From way back when, Dr. Hazel Parcells. Hazel Parcells. She was the grand dom of nutrition. She lived to the age of 106. Wow. Was my original teacher. Has she written a book? She has not. They've There have been books that have written, and I take that back I'm, as I'm thinking in my mind's eye. She has not written a book. There's been books written about her, but not at all the type yeah. of book that... that I've never heard of her. That's yeah. fascinating. Now, now you know the Hazel rest. Hazel Parcells. Yes. She was the woman that changed my life. Again, before you were born in 1974. Okay, so use organic coffee. You use organic Keep coffee. Keep it in there for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Left side. She also yeah. taught me to use blackstrap molasses. She was a big believer in enemas with blackstrap molasses. Mixed in with the coffee? No, alone. Why would you do that? Because you can alternate. Okay. Because one of them can get to the colon walls, so the, the liver is not necessarily dumping, but you get all the gunk that's on the colon walls. Have you done that before? I've done it all. I've got all kinds Does of things it get all up sticky? there. No, it's very, oh. very detoxifying. Interesting. There's a certain recipe, and I'm happy to give it to your people. But um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll hunt it down and and put it in the show notes or grab it from you afterwards because that's something that hasn't come up before. Black. We've talked about probiotic enemas and we talked about coffee enemas, but we haven't talked about black strap this molasses. Is, enemas. This is old time good sense. This is yeah. from the masters. Yeah, I like it. Okay, cool. All right, so. Now that we've uh, we've we've kicked our gallbladders to death and, and explored <laughs> that, and, and by the way, if you guys really want the deep deep dive, get the book because there there's even more recipes and digestives and bitters and all manner of, of more of the science of the gallbladder in the book. But the other thing that blew my mind when I was reading your book was I got to a section where you talked about how we can take too much fish oil, and you talked about the danger of people vilifying omega-6 fatty acids excessively. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, omega-6 has always been a theme of mine since since my first book, which came out um, in the late 80s, Beyond Pritikin, because I was the director of nutrition at the No to Low Fat Diet model of the country for many years. And what I learned after testing people who came out of a no to low fat diet model was they're very deficient in essential fatty acids, but there are two essential fatty acids, omega-3s and omega-6s. And the omega-6s were the one that they were most deficient in, particularly the linoleic based omega-6s. So um, what I'm finding when I did the research here was that when people need to feed their mitochondria to get actual energy in their systems because energy is so important these days and fat is the perfect fuel for the mitochondria. We need more omega-6s in a ratio of 4 to 1 to omega-3s. 4 to 1. 4 to 1. Okay. That's the ratio. And you can, and there's such a thing as too many bad omega-6s that are altered and that are full of hexane and that are exposed to heat, air, and right, light. just like rancid, processed, heated vegetable oils, that type of thing. Yeah, like that's not what... That, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the parent oils from the hemp oil, 
which is why I'm such a believer in hemp, 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 hooray. And it's also very protective against radiation because we're loaded with radiation. Does it need to be the oil or can you sprinkle the seeds on a salad? I love the hemp seeds. Or drink hemp milk. You could do it. You could do either or, but you're going to get more of the good omega sixes, more of the linoleic acid if you have the oil drizzled on your salads. What are some other examples of some of these parent essential oils that people are missing out on because they're focusing too much on the fish oil? Sesame oil. Trying to avoid seeds and nuts. Sesame oil is the, one, so the toasted sesame oil, which is totally delicious. Toasted sesame oil. Oh, it's Somebody to- told me about it. You, you reminded totally- me now. Somebody told me I have to get toasted sesame oil. We so. cook with it all the time really? and it can take the heat. And so it's not rancid. It's heat stable. No, it's it's there's something about the sesame that makes it very heat stable and very helpful in, in uh, augmenting your platelets. It's got a lot of vitamin T. Nobody's heard of vitamin T, but it's got a lot of vitamin T. What is vitamin T? God only knows. I don't know. But that's but that's another thing that really? my original that's an actual thing. Vitamin yeah, T? my my original teacher who used to work with Royal Lee, who is the founder of uh, Standard Process. That's what I learned many years ago. I mean, okay. I, I was at the foot of a master for several years. So everything I'm telling you has been tried and true, and is kind of timeless, ageless wisdom. Yeah. Have, have you talked about vitamin T in any of your books before? No, but I but I will in the next book. Okay. So good. we've got the sesame oil. And then, then the one that I'm craziest about, and I didn't know whether I should include it in the book, was pine nut oil. Because there's a, an enormous amount of research to suggest that the pinoleic acid in pine nut oil is very similar to the gamma linoleic acid that you get in evening primrose oil, and you get it in borage, and you get it in... Um, uh, black currant seed oil, and it's very healing for the mucosal membranes. So one teaspoon three times a day for the first three weeks of the month will actually clear up esophageal irritation, corrosion in the uh, large intestine, the small intestine, and help to heal H. pylori. It is an absolutely unsung well, hero when it comes to the I don't know if you know gut. this when we walked through the kitchen just now that we're going to be having some toasted pine nuts on our salad with dinner tonight. Well, my so, God, then your wife yeah. must have read the book or read the script. No, she doesn't read the book. <laughs> just saying. She just listens to me talk about the book. She, it's it's kind of funny. My wife reads about one book probably a year. I read a book a day, and I just fill the family in on what I read. So I'm Well, that yeah. works. Yeah. My kids are starting to catch up to me. My kids are almost at a book a day now, but they're reading like you know Captain Underpants and Diary. Oh, the cute little 10-year-olds. We'll, we'll have dinner with them later. You'll get to meet them. <laughs> and then borage oil and also uh, evening primrose oil, I actually take those along with mm-hmm. astaxanthin, but they're all in the same capsule. They're packaged with the fish oil that I take. See, that's so, a good combination. So you're yeah. getting at least more omega-6s. So my, my mantra here is that sixes are sexy, and if you've got issues with your skin, you want to look at the omega-6s. Very helpful for eczema, psoriasis, important for the mitochondria, and they do support the structural aspect of the cell membrane. Hey, I want to interrupt today's show to tell you about Zip Recruiter. Uh, Zip Recruiter, uh, what they do is they help you to hire people, but they take all the headache out of hiring. They built this platform that finds the right job candidates for you. So they learn exactly what you're looking for. They identify people with the right experience, and then they invite people to apply to your job. And 80% of the employers who post a job on Zip Recruiter get their quality candidate through the site in just one day. But what they do then is they even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match you don't have to dig through reams of resumes and paperwork and go stalk people on linkedin the right candidates are out there zip recruiter hooks you up with them but they make it super smooth 
and seamless. So here's the deal. What you can do is you can actually get access to all of ZipRecruiter for free, absolutely free. Uh, it's very simple. You just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash green. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash green. So if you need to hire someone, there's really no better way than ZipRecruiter. So check it out. ZipRecruiter.com slash green. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Organifi. Now, Organifi is owned by my friend Drew Canoli. Drew is geeked out on the science of putting as many nutrient-dense compounds into your body as possible. He has created a protein. He has created a red juice for your blood, chock full of adaptogens and beets and all sorts of things that build your blood. Uh, he's created a green juice that's like a salad with just a couple of teaspoons of the stuff stirred into water with no juicing and no blending and no cleanup. He also has this wonderful turmeric. Uh, it is golden milk, but you just make it right at home. You use a little latte frother, at least this is how I do it, you put it in coconut milk or almond milk or hemp milk. What it is is it's cinnamon, ginger, lemon balm, and these two super mushrooms, including reishi, along with turmeric. So you get this wonderful, warm, relaxing, anti-inflammatory beverage. Uh, it's amazing to just drink some of this before sleep as a substitute for, say, that pint of Ben & Jerry's you were going to reach for. So you get 20% off of anything from Organifi. You just go to Organifi.com. That's Organifi with an I.com, and that automatically will give you 20% off if you use code Greenfield. So Organifi.com, use code Greenfield, instantly will knock 20% off of anything in your cart over at Organifi.com. Now, would those also be the type of things, you know, th this is one that's very popular. Uh, it's the, the gentleman in Canada who makes all the oils. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, I'm blanking on his name now. Are you talking about the Omega guy? Yeah. He, well, he does Omegas. You're uh, talking about Udo? Udo, yes. My Udo. old friend, Udo. What do you Erasmus? think of Udo's? Uh, I think it's probably a very good blend of oils because he's got the unrefined, raw, unheated sunflower oil, which is a source if it's not if it's unheated and raw of, of good omega sixes. Okay, good to know. So a lot of these oils with we, the proper antioxidants, of course, because they can go rancid. So that's where the vitamin so E and the rosemary with the antioxidants. Yeah, and he does a very okay. good job of doing that. Okay, so you could eat like a whole foods, plant rich diet that's going to give you a lot of the antioxidants and supplement that with pine nuts, nuts and hemp seeds and, and flax powder, but you could also, if you want to kind of take an even deeper dive, use supplements that uh, that are some of these Brief. parent essential oils packaged with antioxidants. Absolutely. So you've, so you've got a wide wide variety of things that you can do. And don't forget that pine nut oil. Yeah. That's well, a biggie. I mean, it's, it's funny because, I mean, there's people in the industry, and I, um, this is going to be controversial for me to say, but, you know, one of the pioneers of the industry who endorsed 30, 40 grams of fish oil a day uh, Charles Poliquin. Um, he I actually, know. he just passed. I know. I uh, know. A heart attack. And May he rest I, in peace. Yeah. A huge wealth of knowledge, the strength sensei. Uh, and, and I always wondered whether that amount of fish oil uh, was, was natural or good for the human body. But, you know, th this idea of balancing it out with seeds and nuts and some of these, these staples. Just makes good oil, dietary sense. It does. It does. A lot of what you're saying is the way that we would experience life in nature. Yes. Rather than having unopposed amounts of these things or rather than like sitting down to a meal without eating bitters or digestifs, for example. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Um, okay. So another thing about parent essential oils, I thought it was really interesting. And, and I wanted to ask you this. I don't know if you know anything about it, but you mentioned how gamma linoleic acid 
actually promotes the formation of brown fat tissue, which I wasn't aware of. It I was activates. Always, you know, I've been taking cold showers and cold baths for years. And, I, and everybody what the heck? forgets. Where were you? Why, why can't you tell me just take, take GLA? Well, I know, and this has been known for ages. I mean, it was taught to me by my friend David Horobin that was the um, scientist who was out of uh, Montreal that wrote about evening primrose oil back in the day. This would be the 70s and 80s. And we all knew when they talked about brown fat, you know, being the new obesity cure, for heaven's sakes, that the one, the one thing that triggered that, you know, was not just cold, but was also was a supplement like evening primrose oil. So GLA is a real promoter and activator of brown fat, which, as you know, is very dormant in overweight individuals. Yeah. So bring on the GLA. And that's the reason my people lose weight without changing their calories or even lifting a finger to exercise. That's interesting. You know, I've, I, I had studied up and heard the same thing. And this is, I actually take this sometimes before like a, a cold water immersion or going up to the cold bath is bitter melon extract. But I hadn't heard of GLA as being mm. a way to do that too. It's huge. So you, so you get the the ability to convert adipose tissue into metabolically active brown fat, which is what GLA. we want, which is loaded yeah. with the mitochondria. Yeah, and you have people who lose weight without a robust exercise or diet program just by supplementing GLA. I don't like to say that, but yes, it's true because we all yeah. need to exercise for other it's reasons. Like, like, but they do lose it's like weight. Telling guys to to you know shoot shoot testosterone into their butt cheek, you know there there are better ways, but it's at least interesting to know. Um, that's very interesting. Oh, it's huge um, and very forgotten. And it concerns me because so many of my my cohorts, some, so many of my friends out there are still writing about how bad omega-6s are. So, oh, you see it everywhere. Yeah, I, I know everywhere. because everybody's rehashing the same nonsense. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I really appreciate that section of the book and I learned a lot. You also talked about uh, protein intake and specifically uh, omega, or not omegas, but uh, essential fatty acids. You, you refer to protein in a pill and you talk about EAAs and BCAAs. Can you delve into that a little bit? You know, I'll tell you something. I, I, I wrote the book, but now believe, number one, that m most of us need more protein, not less. I think we need about 100 grams a day. And if you're an athlete, you probably need a little more. You probably can speak to that. And I know that you have a protein, is it a protein supplement that you've come out with? I use a protein supplement. I use I use amino acids, and then I use typically like a well, the protein powder I use is from Thorn. I use like a Thorn vegan based protein powder that I mix digestive enzymes into. Well, that's that that's powder. probably a very good idea, and I know that you're involved with a the the protein company that you have is. Keon is my company. Yeah, yeah. That's where I develop supplements. Yeah, yeah well, I think that that I, well, if you have a supplement, I can always and for the next the next chapter of the book or the next edition of the book. It became a national bestseller, by the way. The first your book, week Radical it was Metabolism? It did become a national wow. bestseller, and I'm very happy to use your brand. I don't know if it's very different than what we have in the book that has, I think, nine or ten of the most essential amino acids. I think you need just yeah, about everyone. Yeah, the one everyone. I use has, has nine. Well, yeah. that's about right. Now, does that have to do with the gallbladder, or is that part of metabolic rate? Metabolic or, or why do you rate. Talk about it. It's really metabolic rate because okay. we're trying we're tr we're trying to enhance your ability to grow stronger muscles, more lean muscle mass as we get older because we know we lose it. Mm -hmm. And one thing I discovered here when I did the chapter is that coffee, the right kind of coffee, can actually prevent lean muscle can actually prevent you from losing lean muscle mass as you get older. No kidding. Well, I got some it's, great coffee upstairs. I'll give to you. It's the chlorogenic, and I'm not even. 
a coffee drinker. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, the Purity not. Coffee brand. Well, you can you can you can use it for your enemas. <laughs> that's where it'll go yeah. in the right place. Yeah, you, you thank drink you. It, it's not like normal people drink it. That's um, me. so so with with protein, the idea with the amino acids is you would use those as a way to get more concentrated forms of protein without all the calories. You you would quite honestly yes. Okay. And and I have a lot of vegan people that follow my programs and they can't assimilate the carbohydrates in beans. Yeah. So I need more raw amino acids, so to speak. I need those building blocks. And you get less of the accelerated aging effect and the mTOR activation that like a BCAA alone would provide. I believe like so. Yeah. I don't feel good on BCAAs. No, no. So I'm, so I'm really I've, um, getting away from it I've a worn bit. a continuous blood glucose monitor before and they, they push my blood glucose through the roof. I think it's mm-hmm. all the, the, uh, the leucine in them. I would agree. Um, okay. Another thing that you talk about is uh, toxicity. You talk a lot about toxicity and its effect on metabolism, and a lot of people are aware of of heavy metals and toxins and plastics and and whatnot, but you have specific ways that you encourage people to test for toxicities because there's a variety of different ways to actually test whether you're toxic. Can you go into the tests that you actually like for something like that? Well, I like something that's kind of non non-invasive. I like a tissue mineral analysis. I like a hair test because not only can we figure out what the body is excreting or isn't excreting, but we take a look at the mineral ratio in a typical hair test to see how your glands are functioning, whether there's a blood sugar problem, a thyroid problem, or an adrenal problem. Are all hair tests the same? They should be. The lab that we use, I know, was the lab that my my master teacher um, worked with when in his later years so i would say so at least he was the partner the, the fellow that's now involved with us it's the lab down in um college station texas um the name right not now escapes me but it's probably in your book i think trace elements trace elements, trace your, elements. your husband uh, piping in from the back thank trace you elements. It's trace elements. Yes. okay i've heard of that one but so so that would be a good way to actually test for toxins Versus like, you know, a lot of people will talk about doing like a, a urine provocation test where you that can drink be, a substance. That can that can urine. be very hard on the system. And, and any of the pills that people now take to excrete heavy metals is also very hard on the kidneys. So I've had people over the years that simply can't tolerate such a test. But I think that's important. And I think it's also important to know what you're cooking in, that you're getting a lot of toxicity from your pots and pans. And lo and behold, you know, this was like a piece of enlightened self-interest. I started reading about about cast iron that I had been promoting for many, many years until I did the research for the book. And we've been cooking in cast iron, I can't tell you for how long. Us too. Well, I tested my ferritin. It's the highest it's ever been. I tested my husband's ferritin and everybody that eats with us on a regular basis. And we're all stockpiling iron, which is not okay. good if you want to live a very healthy, oh, no, long life. It's not. I'm lucky in that I'm an endurance athlete. I burn through a lot of red blood cells. I go through iron like it's going out of style. Well, you're I, unusual. I ferritin and iron, but yeah. That, what, was your, what is your ferritin? I don't remember the exact number, but it's, it's low. I want to say it's like 60s, 70s, something like as that. As long as it's under 100. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about sauna? Does sauna have an effect on, on ferritin and iron? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, I know I know in certain situations it's a red blood cell builder. You know, it can cause erythropoietin production. 
but you hear sauna often championed for heavy metal detoxification. Well, that's good. And it's also good to get rid of virus yeah, because it can penetrate so long. But 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 it, depending upon your ability to detoxify, it can be too much for some people. We have yeah. a lot of sick people out there, Ben, yeah. who can't detoxify. They don't have the ability to make glutathione. They Their detox pathways are blocked. I happen to be one of those people, three detox pathways blocked. So if I can do my program, which I created for yeah. people like me as the canary, anybody can do this. Me too. My sod pathway is, it's the worst gene you can have. Same with my kids. We all take liposomal glutathione every day. Very interesting. So, and that's what yeah. I do. So, yeah. so what is your MTHFR? Uh, I am uh, heterozygous for MTHFR. Uh, so I use, which uh, gene uh, do you know? I don't remember which gene. Well, I'm... I take methyl tetrahydrofolate and I'm very careful with synthetic sources of folic acid. You have to be, but I'm, I'm homozygous on 1298 and heterozygous on 677. So I've, yeah. I've got three to the four pathways block, which is... Not, yeah. not yeah. an ideal situation. You're, you're, full, you're full on mother F, as they say. Yes, that the, you got it. Gene. There, there yeah. I am. Okay, so uh, one other question about metals, just while we're on this topic, and, and I'll, I'll hunt down for those of you listening in that hair test and put a link to it over at bengreenfieldfitness.com slash radical because... Or they can I, do it through our office, Ben. Oh, they can probably okay. Well, and then and then we'll give a, them an and then they can meet with one of our nutritionists who can great. actually decipher what's going on. So you guys have nutritionists at your office. You we have got it all. Supplements. We test your poop, your saliva. Is it, is it all over in Post Falls? Uh, the, yeah, well, the the main like we have main we're in Texas and we're in okay. Post Falls. Our sales and marketing are in Texas in the Woodlands, great. Texas. And we're in Post Falls is where the the, the Hayden Lake actual okay. area. I got to ride my bike down Centennial Trail sometime and and, <laughs> and, and come, visit. Come say hi. So I'll put a link to Anne's website as well over in the show notes. Uh, but but one other thing regarding toxicity, uh, aluminum foil. You're also not a fan of that. Never have been. I'd rather have a poisonous serpent in the in the in the kitchen than aluminum foil because it can easily absorb into the foods much more so than aluminum pots and pans, particularly if it's acidic based foods. So if we can't use cast iron. Or aluminum foil. What Anymore. are the alternatives? Uh, enamel covered iron. Enamel covered iron. Or, enamel or a, covered iron. Or a high gauge stainless steel. Or my very favorite is the Vita clay, where you're cooking in some kind of um, earthenware. That of course is unglazed. Yeah, I've actually, since I got back from Japan, I've been doing it a is, lot of cooking in the clay because it is the best, and the food yeah. tastes the best. Yeah, it's okay. kind of infrared cooking, PS, and it's very high in biomagnetic energy. Is there a brand you like for clay? Vita clay is the name of it. Vita clay. It's a slow cooker called Vita clay. Uh, you, and you see how radical spend a bunch we are. Of money on my kitchen. Now. Oh God. My wife will be happy. New pots and pans. So. Well, it's it's important. Nobody yeah. pays attention the way they should. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so in the book, obviously the foundation of it, as we've alluded to, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, a four-day program and four day, also an intensive cleanse. A 21-day. And in the 21-day, and of course yeah. there's a week of maintenance, which, which just shows you how to put the program together. So it's a four-day intensive cleanse, which has a soup. It has watercress soup because the research was so compelling about how watercress contains 10 of the most cancer-fighting phytonutrients on the planet. So I had to make a watercress okay. soup. What, yeah. Do, where do you buy watercress? Trader Joe's. It's Trader Joe's. I just got watercress packaged. packaged Whole Foods. Canned. Packaged, and, and it can be hydroponically grown as well. Okay. So the four-day cure is watercress soups. <laughs> watercress right. soup. Watercress soup. And juices that we make, which, of course, are low glycemic, low fruit, and have a lot of prebiotics in them, very cleansing and very priming of the pump. Okay. And full of polyphenols. 
So they're juicing. So your juice is with, with, without any pulp. Is celery juice included? So mm-hmm. A little celery is included. Okay. You're going to laugh because I, I have a big glass of celery juice before dinner. And I, you'll, I, see, you'll hear the juicer up there grinding. Well, it's go very good for your digestion. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. So the four-day cleanse is a little bit more intensive. Basically, it's It is juices, very intensive. Soups. But people lose weight very quickly, 8 to 10 pounds. And quite frankly, for women that are of a certain age and stage of life, as well as men that haven't been able to lose doing anything else, that's a welcome weight loss. Do they lose weight because they're just like... Oh, it could uh, be water weight. Decommissioning the bathroom or... No, a lot of it is water weight from inflammatory responses from allergic producing foods, but so what? They feel good and it motivates them to continue on a healthy program. And if someone were to follow that four-day, would it also affect the gallbladder? The four day would it? We don't include bitters per se, but I think there is some grapefruit juice in one, or grapefruit in one of the uh, programs. But you could do that four day and include like the soy lecithin and the choline and things. You like You could that co- constantly. You could you could put it and sprinkle it in the juice, quite frankly, or you could put it in the soup. Fascinating. Okay, so you do the four day, and then you go straight into the twenty one day, and then you do the twenty one day, and we give you support twenty four seven. We have unsurpassable support because I'm very invested in people doing this right. It's a little different. It's a little radical, although it's very common sense as you and I have discussed. I want people to really get success. Okay, so how's the twenty one day work? Well, well, we start in the morning with what is called the citrus blaster, which is a coffee-based drink because it's so important in terms of burning fat three times more than any other beverage. Coffee is very important in terms of its being a bitter. We have a little whey protein. Coffee all by itself? No, it's coffee with whey protein, our fat flush whey protein, A2-based protein. We were one of the only companies years ago that has A2-based protein. Yeah, there's not a lot of A2 protein. Well, we knew what we were doing, so we sourced it correctly thanks to Unikey Health Systems. Not to delve too deeply down that rabbit hole, but can you give people the 30-second overview of why A2 is important? Because it's based on the non-mutated casein milk that has not been implicated in the diseases the way A1 has, which is connected to heart disease, diabetes, and all kinds of cardiovascular uh, implications. And most of the cow milk in the U.S., even the organic stuff, is A1. Is, is A1. But we yeah. have A2. Okay. Fat flush A2. Yay to Unikey. And, but like goats, camels, water buffalo, a lot of these milks that people are drinking as alternatives, those are A1. Most of them, I believe, you know, it's a good question. I believe that they're A1. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're, I think I'm that pretty they're sure A1. it's mostly cattle that are bred for the A2. Yeah, so, no, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, okay, so you do the coffee with the whey protein. Coffee with the whey protein, and what else do we put in there? We put in a little MCT, uh, high-fat coconut milk. We put in some herbs and spices, and then we've got breakfast. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah. got the protein, it's got the fat, and it'll just trigger in. It'll get the body into a fat-burning mode. And you're okay with, because you talked about the paleo and the keto and the high fat approach. I'm okay with all of that as long as you can digest it. Okay. So you'd want to make sure you do the four day cure beforehand so that you can have good digestion before you start into like 21 days of putting. Or, or, or fasting isn't for you or juice cleanse isn't you to go, go right into the program. Okay. People do exceedingly well either way. Just make sure you've got good bile production. Bile is where it's at because bile is beautiful. Okay. What are a few other examples of meals that someone would eat on this 21 day? Oh, we've got all kinds of meals in the program. I've got a book right here too. So I can, I can 
thumb through the book and, and give you guys kind of an idea. I of... think, and the recipes are actually very tasty, by the way. We've got yeah. desserts, we've got recipes. You're using the omega-6s a little bit more. You're using, we've got mm-hmm. some vegan recipes as well. Lamb burger with fresh mint and dill, arugula, basmati rice, celery sticks, grapefruit slaw. There's the grapefruit. It's really, it's really very delicious. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Not a lot of crazy expensive ingredients either. You know, mm-hmm. the one thing I hadn't discovered too much in your book, though, and I didn't know that about the anti-carcinogenic potential was watercress you have a whole section of the book about the the benefits and there's of su- there's such good research about watercress yeah. and particularly the watercress soup it is a wonderful weight loss tool are there other ways to eat watercress aside from soup i mean can you just eat it like a salad you could you can i would put it in a salad i would use it as a green so instead of you know sauteing your your, your kale that you grow out there we could start growing watercress amazing yeah you could yeah. do it all yeah that's interesting, and and the the other very thing, cancer kale. fighting, very cancer yeah. fighting. Kale, a lot of these cruciferous, they have a lot of sulforaphane in them, which is fantastic for for the gut, for shutting down a lot of inflammatory pathways. Uh, you can combine it with mustard, and it's even better. I'm curious if watercress has an effect on those pathways too. I bet so. Yeah, is it considered a cruciferous? You think or? Uh, it's considered a bitter. I believe it's not t- totally considered a cruciferous or because it's so uncommon in this culture, we probably haven't classified it per- uh, okay. correctly. Yeah, but you can buy it packaged. We so. buy it at Trader Joe's and if you can't get Trader it there, Joe's. get it at Whole Foods or you get it in an Asian market. It can be found. This podcast brought to you by Watercress. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> Thank God we'll, for Watercress. We'll hunt it down <laughs> along with a lot of the other things that Ann and I talked about in today's show she like i mentioned had what's the name of your actual company i knew this a long time unikey it's it's, i'm a spokesperson for unikey health systems i help develop products for unikey health systems which is in hayden idaho hayden not post falls i live in post falls it's in hayden idaho okay not far yeah. No, it's a stone's okay. throw away. Interesting. Okay, so the book is Radical Metabolism, Powerful New Plan to Blast Fat and Reignite Your Energy in Just 21 Days. Anne Louise Gittleman is my guest uh, here at my home. We're going to go have a fantastic meal. I do not guarantee it will have watercress and soy <laughs> That's less perfectly in okay. It, but the next time that you come over, it might, because I learned a lot just now. Uh, all the show notes, along with a link to Anne's book and the other two books of hers that I've read and own, they're over at bengreenfieldfitness.com slash radical so uh we're all gonna go stuff our faces now take care of our gallbladders (laughs) and thanks for coming on the show my pleasure thank you